Hello and welcome to the Top Gun Minute. It's your daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and have an emergency landing in the 1986 Top Gun, one powering down minute at a time. I'm your host, Brian Boucher, call sign Kaboom. And I'm your Rio, Roger Cooter Wistar. And back with us today is our wingman, Alice Lauren, call sign Princess. Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me land. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope you would land your plane better than Cougar. Yeah. I will. I will try. I will try. I don't think you could land it much worse. True. True. (laughs) All right. Minute lucky number 13. Very lucky. It starts with Maverick telling Cougar he is a little low and ends with Cougar thinking about his wife and kid. So So, I've written down in my notes here. mm -hmm. I'm guessing that if Maverick feels the need to tell Cougar that he's a little low, that Cougar is in fact way too low. (laughs) Based on the fact that it seems like Maverick is trying to just kind of uh he's just kind of trying to sweet talk him down and kind of calm him down so i i get the sense that the situation is way worse than he's letting on i agree i love how that uh the shots keep changing it keeps intercutting with itself and you know shows you know cougar's face and it shows the the carrier and it goes back to cougar's face and to the picture and and then you know it's the tension just keeps building and building and building perfectly so, Alice, you were saying on a previous minute that the actual the plane flying stuff was not your favorite. So I was just wondering how you felt about the plane, all the plane stuff that we see in this minute. I mean, it, it looks a little silly, a little bit like it wasn't even real planes. Like even just watching this, I'm like, this kind of looks like a weird VR, you know, kind of experience. So it'd probably be probably a great VR experience, but a terrifying VR experience. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think I agree with you. I mean, so I don't know how the rest of you felt about this, but like there's a couple of spots in this minute. It's mostly the shots that we see from like the front on, like when we see the from like we're looking at Cougar's plane. Mm -hmm. This plane, this plane is, it seems like it's going side to side way more than it's going forward. If you told me that this plane wasn't just pitching into the ocean, if you told me that it was just pitching into the ocean, I would totally believe you. I do not see how this plane is actually landing on this aircraft carrier. It looks, it looks like a kid's like diorama almost, like just the way that it's pitching like that. It's just, uh, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, it looks like, you know, how my nine-year-old would play with a, a model plane. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I'm going to land and you got to go this way and this way and this way and this way. And, and then you land. It's pitching and, at an it's, unbelievable amount. Yeah. I wonder, so... I wonder how they shot these scenes. I mean, obviously they did not shoot the scenes of Cougar's plane in the process of actually landing on an aircraft carrier because that would have been insanely dangerous. But I just, I mean, I think it must've been challenging for the stunt pilots just to shoot those scenes where Cougar's plane is pitching from side to side like crazy. Like that's gotta, that's gotta be hard to do. Right. Oh yeah. I'm sure it was, they were probably sitting on the deck of the, you know, on the flight deck and just had the camera pointed up and the plane was coming by just, doing that and as it flew on by you know wasn't even close to landing i mean honestly this looks like a plane that's about to stall out yeah which is in in flight terms if i understand it correctly it it's not going forward fast enough to like stay up in the air this plane looks like it's ready to drop it in yep i know we're trying i know we're supposed to think that this scene is dangerous do we think that 
that was the look that they were going for that like hey this is a plane that is really gonna have a heart do we do we think that the people shooting the scene were trying to make it seem like it was doubtful whether cougar was actually going to make it on deck yeah i would say so yeah yeah i think well i noticed that the um you know how we talked about the pilots saying the nighttime landings on a carrier are the scariest and hardest thing to do so the technical advisors and the script writers and they thought it'd be great to hey let's just put this in the movie right at the very beginning you'll use it to help set up the reason why certain couple of pilots go to top gun yeah i mean it's a good motivation right and this is the only time we're going to see a plane landing at night right so if they were going to show it this is when they were going to show it hey alice are you are you a video gamer uh not not too much i mean well, i was talking you know when i was talking about like the vr sort of thing i was thinking like sometimes i will go to the arcade and i'll do those you know those, those vr things and that can be kind of fun but not not too much of a gamer no i'm guessing you're a little bit younger than myself and cooter when we were kids there's a top gun video game from konami and it was for the nintendo and landing the plane was one of the hardest things to do in this game oh was that part of the game i didn't remember oh, yeah. that i only remember the dog fighting part but yeah oh, i would yeah. imagine that would be insanely hard <laughs> and i'm sure that was an easy way to die yeah uh, you should go go on youtube and put in their top gun video game yeah. there's a couple cool videos that shows the actual gameplay it was really interesting i watched it earlier today yeah i yeah. mean but in the in the movie like let's pretend that there was no emergency i mean he would have still landed at night right like totally normally or oh, no yeah. was it, was he, he, okay so he was supposed to land obviously at some point but not just like in the morning he was going to land no matter what basically yeah because you yeah. know maverick maverick comes in what a couple minutes ago at the end of his um coming back normally like he was supposed to and that was still at least it would seem at dusk so i don't think nighttime landings are like necessarily not- a wrong thing to do Um, In fact, I'm sure they happen all the time. Yeah, it's not unusual. Looks rough, though. I got to give it up for my man, John Stockwell. So John Stockwell seems to have sort of one move, one go-to move in this minute and the last minute, too, to indicate that he's upset, which is he he blinks really hard. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to figure out what he was trying to do. Like, oh, no, I'm going to crash. I can't watch. Or Mm -hmm. what was it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that closing your eyes for really any period of time when you're attempting to land on the deck of an aircraft carrier at night is really going to help your chance. Yeah. 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 But what else are you going to do when you're in a, in a cockpit, you know, when you're an actor? All you can really do is face act. How much more yeah. could he sweat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. None, none more, Alice, is the right yeah. answer to that question. <laughs> he is super sweaty. Yeah. But he does make it down on the, onto the flight deck. Yeah, Thank he made it. for that. Yeah, he made it. Woohoo. He's had a, a little bit of sense enough to, to follow maverick or you know i don't know if or maybe it's like muscle memory you can drive a car without you know we get in our cars when we drive we just don't think about it we just drive we've been doing it so long you know maybe he, he's landed planes so much he just his body just knows how to do it without him really paying attention can you land two aircraft at the same time on the enterprise no okay so not for nothing but i just kind of thought of this question maverick's way too low on fuel he just went back out to go get cougar mm-hmm. cougar has just landed did Maverick have to like circle again? I would imagine. Man, he's way too low on fuel for this. Like, yeah, I, I'm really happy that he didn't crash that plane that the taxpayers put. When Cougar finally lands, what happens? He stops and shuts down his plane. You know, the sound, you can hear it. 
you know, he shuts down the plane, uh, thinking maybe you should uh, move out of the way because uh, your buddy Maverick's uh, trying to land. Well, just because he turned the engines off, he can still taxi off the runway, right? I don't know. I mean, from what my research saying that you don't shut down all the way, it sounds like he shut down all the way. Oh, that's a good point. I hope he's yeah. not blocking. I hope he's not blocking the only possible landing strip for Maverick. That's a right. that's an unanswered question. And yeah. he lands very, very suspiciously gently. I, I yeah. just, it, it just it looked very gentle. I mean, I feel like just going on, you know, normal flights when I was a kid or a few years back, you know, we landed harder than that. That was that was very. I mean, it, he, it looked like he like landed on pillows. Yeah, for the, for the amount of pitching that he does, he mm-hmm. does an amazing five point landing. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice about the calling the ball, Roger? I noticed. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, because I guarantee you, I would bet all the money in my pocket right now that the same person who says uh, that asks Cougar to call the ball, who then mm-hmm. just says Roger Ball, that's the same person. If that's not John Stockwell, no. So like, if they really chose to put, honestly, I don't know why they put that in. um, But if they did, they probably should have gotten at least two different people to record those two lines of dialogue instead of the same person twice. Okay, so we finally uh, get off those, out of those airplanes that you don't like so much. Well, Alice, yeah. And we get this two knocks on a door. I don't know anybody just goes tap, tap. It would be funny if uh cougar and stinger had like one of those little codes like shaving yeah. a haircut two bits right yes. and that you had to give stinger the special code if you wanted to enter his stateroom <laughs> that's <laughs> what i was thinking you notice the big fat class ring he had on yeah w- do we just assume that that's his ring from annapolis i'm sure it's not his high school class ring no and i mean these guys oh so brian not for nothing and not for this minute over the weekend but uh, sorry, not for this minute, but over the weekend, I got my Amazon copy of Top Gun, which has all those trivia facts embedded in it. Oh, yeah. um, and it has it has all of the names and ranks of every single person in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm only bringing that up because I'm, I'm sure that he is an officer. Yeah. So he must have gone to Annapolis. Annapolis, Alice, is where the, the Naval Academy is at. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so, where else could he have gone? Uh, there is an officer officer school where because not all officers are pilots you know there's officers in every different uh job that's in the navy or the air force or the army so does everyone go through the naval academy and then top gun is like the more prestigious harvard of naval academy kind of or it's more like uh it's more like graduate school okay yeah Yeah, you go you go to the naval academy to become a pilot you know Mm -hmm. And then Top Gun is, you know, where you go to further your skills, but you can, you have to be extremely good, which we'll find out. It's like taking an extension. Yeah. I never went to college. So, so Alice, what do you think about Stinger's office or his cabin? I guess it's both. I'll take a look at it, but I was, I was just going to, before we get off of the planes, um, before we depart the plane, I, I wanted to figure out if, all of these, I'm just going to sound ridiculous, but all, you know, all of the flying that, that they're doing, I mean, this is kind of like the military games, right? Like, it's only kind of at the end where they have, like, a real dangerous, you know, situation, right? Or, or no, I guess I was trying to figure out if they're, like, they're not in combat every time they're flying. And right. 
it's, it's all training no one's actually i mean people are in danger obviously there's death and stuff but you know they're, they're not supposed to be in danger not normally no okay <laughs> but but in in this movie they're out on just they're just out on patrols they're out on in, in international waters in the indian ocean and they just happen to come up across these two make planes that they are trying to identify and then they start engaging with each other and that's when it goes sour you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so these guys are on active duty this whole scene this is an actual thing these are real engagements the movie is kind of bookended by two scenes of actual missions and yeah. then in the middle is where we get this kind of top gun sandwich yeah because yeah because yeah, I, I knew of like like war games you know you got to have your your practice but yeah these are not no. war games no. cougar really could have gotten blown up okay okay oh wow. that is a really pretty ring that he has uh <laughs> He, yeah, he, I mean... It's a really pretty ring. Do any of us have a big gaudy class ring like that? Yeah. I, always, I always wanted a class ring. They're very expensive. You must uh, have I a lot have, of money. I have neither a class ring from my high school nor my college. And honestly, the only ring I wear is the one I got married with. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, I had a big old gaudy class ring from high school, but yeah, kind of lost that in a move. So, oh yeah. Cost yeah, me like $400 back in like, 1995 yeah but yeah anyway his his office does look like kind of a like a a professor in a basement like he's just coming in you know coming in for office hours kind of vibe there so just it's interesting to see it's not it's not one that i would expect in the military so i have done in my notes and i don't know what you think about this brian Mm -hmm. sting much like the radio room that we were just in stinger's office seems massive for a ship Yep. Like this is a big office. As far as I can tell, his office has a desk with mm-hmm. room enough for a bookshelf. And somewhere in the background, I think we're looking at the reflection in a mirror. Yep. Um, he has a couch. Yeah. Like what what naval stateroom is big enough to have a couch in it? Well, from what I, I've my research I've looked and yeah, like captain's quarters are pretty big. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So maybe yeah. his maybe his quarters really are this yeah. big. Yeah. And from what my research was, this actually was a captain's quarters. Really? Yeah. So these are the captain's quarters of the USS Enterprise. Well, it was actually, as we talked about before, it was the USS. Kitty Hawk, right? No, no, no. So these are really the captain's quarters? Yes. Wow. All right. Yeah. Do you see the the telephones in the back behind his office? Stinger has two red phones. And a black phone in the middle. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. But you can't really see it in this little quick scene, but you will see it. And then there's that old timey radio on the wall that like he could call up to the bridge. Where do we think these red phones go to? It's not <laughs> Moscow. But like who do you think Stinger gets to call on the red phones? Who do you Alice, who do you think that Stinger, the captain should call be able to call on the ship with his red phones? One is the president, one is his wife. Whoa. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> okay. I didn't think that. I was gonna say the pre- president or Batman. Batman. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I would assume that they are for like, yeah, maybe that's the case, although they seem like regular telephones. So if they're equipped to do like satellite calls, that would be pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. My feeling is that they must be for like specific parts of the ship, but I'm not sure which parts of the ship they would be. But I know like, you know, movie tropes, you know, a red phone is usually to the president mm-hmm. or like the joint chiefs, you know, just in case there's a, War breaks out. Well, I did when uh, 9-11 happened. The, the Enterprise was actually 
in close to Pakistan in that area in, in like basically Indian ocean. Uh, but when nine 11 happened, they were actually heading somewhere like they're heading South going towards, you know, the bottom of Africa and nine 11 happened. The captain of the boat got a phone call, you know, on the red phone and said, you know, turn on the TV, turn it on. And yeah, saw the planes hitting the world trade center and he turned the boat around and started heading back up towards uh, the Middle East because he figured it was Osama bin Laden or somebody, you know, terrorist group, and they were just waiting for something to happen. They were on alert. Yeah, I'm. I don't, I'm guessing maybe one of those phones, if it's going to go anywhere, is probably going to go to the Pentagon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the Secretary of the Navy. Maybe right. I hope the Secretary of the Navy has some way to like get on the red phone with all of his aircraft carriers. That seems like a reasonable thing to do. I didn't notice too much else about Singer's office. I I tried really hard to figure out what butch, which books he has on his desk. All <laughs> I can tell so far is that he seems to have a big red book called Military Law. Yeah. Yep. That's the only one that I can read. Is there anything else that anybody else could make out? That's the only one I could make out. So Yeah, I can't see from that, but I, I know I was reading just, you know, talking about, about books. I know it's obviously in a different minute, but the, in the in, in the classroom that they had like an astronomy book they were just you know putting putting crap out there because they didn't yeah just well those guys at that. top gun spend a lot of time in the classroom they probably spend about three times as much time in the classroom as they do in um in a cockpit oh yeah do you see this picture right here above yeah. the books what is that <laughs> what does it look like it looks like waves and surfing huh no i'm talking about the picture oh it's a, oh it's an airplane yeah, what kind of airplane? What's it look like? It looks like one of the MiGs. <laughs> exactly. So is that what it is? It's an F five. Yep. Oh, well, it could be an F five. It could be a T thirty eight, which was, which is the other plane um, the Air Force mainly uses for to simulate uh, MiGs. I don't think there's any way that a self respecting Navy captain would allow them to put up an Air Force plane for the. I don't care how, what big, yeah. how big a check Tony Scott writes for him. Right. But, but uh, the Navy does use T-38s too, but oh, okay. it's mainly the, the F-5. All right. That's yeah. Fair. So it's just funny because remember uh, what Goose said? He said, oh, make 28s Nobody's been this close before. <laughs> He's got a picture of one. Well, we also, but I mean, we do know that in the movie, they have F-4s doubling for the MiG-28s. And this one does not appear to be painted black in evil enemy colors. Right. Maybe this is just, maybe this is just the American F-4. Yeah. And then the, those books that we talked about, they're standing up pretty straight. And even let's wait for another minute. We'll come back to them and see how they look. Oh, I don't understand this mirror situation. It's like there's the door, the mirror. Like it, it's just like, like as if like in a bedroom, like it's just a full length mirror, yeah. not on a wall or anything. Right. right. The, yeah. the, the couch isn't, but like, or is the whole thing a mirror? Like is the couch. No, the couch isn't behind him. No, it would be to his left. Yeah. yeah. I just, like, that. that's so funny to me. It's like a little girl's room with, like, a full-length mirror. I mean, maybe yeah. it's so his uniform, you know, can look, you know, pristine. But yeah, I just, oh, man. Mm -hmm. Such an oddly shaped room. Yeah. I think a lot of rooms in these ships are oddly shaped in general because they just have to shoehorn them into any usable space they can find. Yeah. That's why I'm so impressed that he has a couch. <laughs> oh yeah. With a with a with a pretty fetching looking table lamp, which means there must be also be enough room for an end table. 
this is a nice office. He's oh, got now nice. I see he's got art up on the wall mm-hmm. behind his couch. Yeah. If if he didn't have to put up with Yahoo's like Maverick and Goose all day, I think Stinger's life would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when a cougar walks in, yeah, he comes in and he stands at parade rest. Do you know what that is? Is yeah. it like the the like what do they say, Addies or something like that? Right. Like right. he can be kind of relaxed, but not exactly. Yeah. 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 Parade rest is when they stand like that, where they, they stand up tall, but and they have their hands behind their back. They look straight. They have to stare straight. They can't look at the person. You know, that's parade rest. At ease is the same stance, but you can look at the person you're talking to. Quick question. Should he have saluted Stinger upon entering his office? No. Okay. Why not? Because in the, in, he is inside and he's oh. the, and he was not called into his office. He went to his office on his own accord. Have you, you seen Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. I, I have. Okay. okay. You know, at the beginning when a uh, uh, pile is, you know, his drill instructor yells him to come over and they're all in the stand room and he comes running over in his tank top and tidy whities comes running over to him. He mm-hmm. says, uh, sir, private pile port for duty, sir. If you are called into your commanding officer's office or his quarters by him, like a direct order type thing, you walk in. That's when you come in, you say that line, and you salute. That's the only time you salute, and when you're inside. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. He went in on his own accord. He wanted. He just wanted to talk to him. I mean, like, you know, you go and walk in into your supervisor's office to talk to them about your issues. We'll see what happens when Maverick and Goose walk in. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that part of this week. All right. I don't have too much else about what what about the exchange with Cougar, because I feel like we're going to get a lot more of that in the next minute. Uh, me neither. What's the other flag with the American flag? I, I know it. I recognize it. I just on, on the desk. Oh, wow. Um, couldn't tell you. Yeah. Oh, I just said, well, it, it, I feel like it's so recognizable. And I just didn't know if it was a I, I, military flag. Yeah, I can't see it either. I can't huh. tell. Are you sure there's two flags? I see a American flag and some strange looking piece of desk art. Well, yeah, well, he has the weird desk art too. Yeah, his it looks like a tape dispenser. Uh, but um, it looks like it was like two flags. I don't know. Me neither. I got nothing. All right. Anything else for this minute? I think I'm all set. I'm good. All right. So, uh, Alice, which Top Gun character? Uh, do you think you relate more to? Relate more to? Oh, okay. Because I, I just wanted to see more Val Kilmer after seeing <laughs> young Val Kilmer in, in Top Secret. I just, you know, was surprised to see him here. And I was just, I was, that was, I was great. That, that made the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun if there was an extended universe where Top Secret Val Kilmer, yes. what is his name in that movie? It's Nick, Nick. somebody. Yeah. Uh, then goes on and has a decorated Navy career if it's the Ooh. same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like uh, Mr. Strickland retired from the high school and went to the Navy and became an officer. He changed his name to Stinger. So so Iceman is the character that you feel most drawn to? Oh, yes, I feel most drawn to. Yeah. <laughs> I think th- I feel like this movie is, arguably this movie is like peak Val Kilmer just in terms of his presence on screen. I'm trying to think of other movies where I feel like he was more more of an on-screen presence than he is in this movie. Tombstone's the only thing I think of where he's 
anywhere close. Every time he he shows up in Tombstone, he's he he gets the attention. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, he's great in Tombstone, but he's also playing a very sweaty, <laughs> sickly uh, man, syphilitic yeah. alcoholic. So he's probably a little bit less appealing. It's true. Ghost Rider, this is Kaboon requesting you to like and subscribe and share with your friends. If you could, please rate and review me on your favorite podcasting apps. You can continue the discussion on Facebook at Top Gun Minute Listener School. Find us on Twitter at Top Gun Minute Pod. Send your emails to me at topgunminutepod at gmail.com. You can find us and all your other favorite movies done in this format at moviesbyminutes.com. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, this episode pattern is full. <laughs>